Well, I, in seeking the Lord last night, I had it on my heart to begin a new series this morning. I, we didn't get through with the subject of love. You know that. I mean, love is as big as God. But I think we got enough to chew on right now. You know, a lot of things you have to, you have to digest what you've already received and grow some before you can receive more. I don't know if you understand that or not, but there's been times in my life I realize it's not that God couldn't give me any more. It's just for where I'm at right now, I got to grow some more before he can give me some more. So uh, I'm, I'm thankful. I believe that uh, we're, we're at a good place on that. How many are stirred up over love? Do you believe God is a God of love and he is love and we're going to love God? We're going to love each other. We're going to love ourselves. Amen. We're going to keep the New Testament commandment. But the Lord had also given me commission to teach. He told me a number of things. He said, uh, I wrote it down. This has been back, what, a year or so ago now. He said, uh, teach the church family uh, faith, how to live and walk by faith. Teach the church family how to walk in love, live in love. And he also said, teach the church family how to be led by the Spirit. So I'm beginning that this morning. Amen. We're going to get into that. And if we stay on it for a year, well, that'll be just fine. If it's over in a month, that'll be whatever the Lord says. Amen. But we're beginning a series this morning entitled Spirit-Led Life. We're going to talk about Spirit-Led Living and Spirit-Led Life. There is a natural life. There is a life that people live based on their senses and their reason and what their five physical senses and what people tell them and what uh, popular opinion is and this and that. But there's another kind of living. There's a high level of living where you're not led, directed, guided in life by your smarts or by somebody else's opinion, but you are led divinely, supernaturally. By the greater one, the mighty Holy Spirit. You think that's all right? Turn with me to Romans then this morning. And let's look at the 8th chapter. And let's begin talking about the Spirit-led life. Romans 8. You can go ahead and find John 14 if you like. We'll go from Romans 8 to John 14. Perhaps. <laughs> Romans 8, John 14. And let's pray before we read this. Lord, we thank you for being born again. Thank you that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you that you are even now preparing a place for us and that you will certainly Certainly, come, surely come and receive us to yourself. And that where you are, we may be forever. And in this time, this interim time, this life on the earth, you've given us the mighty Holy Spirit to be our helper and to be our guide and to be our teacher. And we thank you for this heavenly gift. And we're asking you to open our eyes and teach us about the Holy Spirit and teach us and, and lead us, help us to become more yielded and more sensitive and more aware that we not be led by our flesh or by our mind or by other people or by circumstances or sight, but that we be every day and night led and directed and guided, enabled, and quickened and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We ask it. Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Say amen. If you, that means so be it. So be it for me. Amen. Romans 8 and the 14th verse. Romans 8, 14. He said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's read that out loud together. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One more time. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can be, ought to be, led by the Spirit of God. Didn't say driven by the Spirit of God. What did it say? Led. The Holy Ghost doesn't drive us. He leads us. If we'll follow. The following's up to us. He won't make you do something. But he'll lead you and guide you, direct you to do the perfect thing if you'll follow. How many want to follow? How many want to be more aware? More sensitive? Amen? More and better yielded. How many want the Holy Spirit, when he thinks about you, to smile? Because you're so easy to work with. He doesn't have to tell you 35 times. You can become rain trained. Got any horsemen in the bunch? Anybody know what rain trained is? The Bible talks about in the book of Psalms about the Lord guiding us through our reins. If you look up the word reins means insides. Means your insides. Well, you know, some horses are easier to steer than others. <laughs> huh? Some horses are, they want their own head. You can have a, I mean, you have to put a bit in their mouth and you have to jerk on that thing or elsewise they'll go where they want to go. Not where you want to go. But a horse can be rain trained. You might know what a rain, I'm talking about you, rain, this leather strip, you know, one on each side of the horse's head, attached to the halter or, or bit, and bridle. And a rain trained horse is kind of like power steering on a horse. Rain trained horse, you don't have to pull on the bit. You, some horses, you don't even have to have a bit. But you can just lay that rein on the side of that horse's neck, and he's got big, big horse, big old thick neck, thick skin. He must barely be able to perceive that, but he can sense the slight pressure of that rein, and he'll just yield to it and go that direction. How many believe we could be that way with the Holy Spirit? Somebody said, well, I'm going to, God's going to have to give me a burning bush. I mean, for me to do that well, that's because you want your own head. Huh? I don't want to be like that. I, want, I don't want to be stubborn like a horse or a mule. Well, God's going to have to speak to me in an audible voice. He's going to have to have 12 people come by and confirm it. Well, you're being hard to work with. Huh? No. Know the Spirit well enough that when you sense the slight direction of the Lord, you know that's Him. That's Him. And you don't wrestle and you don't argue and you don't kick against the pricks. You just yield and go that way. Don't have to know why. You do that and you'll wind up in some wonderful places. You do that and you'll do the right thing and you'll be at the right place at the right time. Again and again and again. And people will go, man, you're smart. You'll go, well, no. I got the smart one in me. Amen. I didn't even know why I was coming here. <laughs> There's some people was trying to tell us about some things that we did. They said, man, y'all sure knew what to do. Well, not really. We just had this unction inside of us to be here on this certain time. And then you saw what was going on and you could... Go with it and flow with it. You will never have enough uh, information. You will never have enough understanding uh, to make the best decisions in life. Did you hear me? You cannot know enough. You cannot be smart enough. Certainly you don't know the future. Right? So how could you know enough to just make the best decisions? I'm, for instance, getting married. Huh? I mean, two starry-eyed college students uh, dreaming of their future. And how in the world can you know what's going to happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now? What kind of person they're going to be? What kind of person you're going to be 40 years from now? 
You could never know. Right? But he knows. And if he says they're right for you and you're right for them, you can just trust that. Amen. And step off into it. And stay with it. Amen. Because he knows. Everybody say he knows. He knows best. Well, go back to John 14. And let's begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, you'll find uh, numerous references. It'll say Spirit, the Spirit. In fact, I wrote down one time over 40 different variations of names and references to the Holy Spirit. Things like Spirit of Grace, Spirit of Supplication, Spirit of Judgment, Spirit of Burning, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of Christ. I mean, there are many different designations. He is a very multifaceted person. And uh, Holy Ghost, you'll find many times in the King James Bible, Holy Spirit. Ghost and Spirit are from the same Greek word. And I think sometimes people are confused about what we're talking about when we start talking about ghosts. Ghost is just an old English translation of the word uh, pneuma, the word for spirit. So don't get hung up on that. Holy Spirit. In John 14, look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit right before he uh, left, went to heaven. He said in John 14, 16, he said, I will pray the Father or I will ask or a request of the Father. Aren't you glad he did? And he, the Father, shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Now see, here's another name for him. Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Well, that was before Jesus had had gone to the cross, and that was before the day of Pentecost. So he's telling them, he is with you, but he's going to be in you. How many know today he is with us, but he is in us. Amen. And if you've been filled with the Spirit, He's also on you. He's with us. He's in us. He's on us. Glory. Amen. But we have different degrees and different levels of awareness of His being with us and in us and on us. Notice two words here. Jesus said, I'm going to ask and request of the Father. Jesus loves us. Did you know that? Oh, because see, they were so concerned. They said, how, you know, put yourself in their place. They have been like everybody else around there asking questions and didn't know about the meaning of life and confused about so much. And Jesus comes on the scene. And they've been in his personal uh, staff for these three, three and a half years. They've been with him everywhere, eat and drink with him in these meetings, sit and listen to such amazing teaching. And their questions are being answered and they're being fed. And you think, man, this is the life now. This is the life. And he says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. And they're going, no, no, no. And Peter says, well, I'm going with you. I don't care where you go. I'm going. And they all felt that way. And then he told them, no, you can't come right now. And it made them sad. But he went on to tell them. We'll read about it just a little bit later. Well, in fact, let's read about it right now. In the 16th chapter. 16 and 6. He said, because I said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you. Expedient means better. It's advantageous. It's profitable for you. Now see, you'd have to take that by faith, wouldn't you? They're saying, it's better for us. You're going away. 
Boy, you got to walk by faith, don't you? He said, yeah, because if I don't go away, then the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Oh, are you ready to be happy this morning? I'm telling you, you're going to get happy through this. If not, you'll be asleep and we'll, we'll jerk you and wake you up. I said, quit that. We may have to put a bit in your mouth till we get you rain trained. Jesus said, it's better for you. So many times people think, oh man, I wish I could have. I could have been back there with Peter and James and John and, and Thomas and Bartholomew and all them guys. Who wouldn't it have been so cool to sit out there on the side of the hill and listen to Jesus? Jesus said, this is better. What we have now is better than that. Did he say it or not? Now, now get these two words. Everybody say another. Comforter. That means they already had a comforter. Huh? Who was their comforter? Jesus himself. Did he tell them for them not to sorrow like that? Tell them that it was actually going to be expedient. It's going to be advantageous, more profitable for you, for me to go away. Why? I'm not going to leave you without a comforter. Yeah, you're losing me personally, but... I'm sending you another comforter. And he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be inside of you. Woo, glory to God. Now these two words are very significant. Everybody say it again. Another comforter. Now comforter is from the Greek word paraclete or parakletos. A lot of you know this. But it literally means One called to one's side. And then it also means to aid or to help. The Amplified Bible, if you've had that and read that, you you see that it brings out seven names. Seven descriptive names uh, doing what it does, amplifying, expanding the meaning of this Greek word paraclete. And and it says, instead of saying... uh, Comforter, it says comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. You can get that out of the Amplified Bible. If I had to pick one word, I would just say helper, capital H. Amen. How many know that? Comfort is helping you. He is my comforter. Those of you that have had loved ones and people close to you go home to be with the Lord. Hey, can you testify that you don't have to sorrow like those who have no hope? Sure, you you may have a cry and shed some tears and that's normal and that's okay. But you don't just sit around and cry, oh my God, we've lost him forever. What are we going to do? We didn't lose him. Amen. You didn't lose that family member or that friend that went home to be with the Lord. They just relocated. Huh? You don't sorrow like you'll never see somebody again because they moved to Arkansas. Or Georgia. Right? You can't see them. They're not across the street. But you know you will see them. You know they didn't, they don't, didn't cease to exist. Well, how many know that heaven is just as real as Arkansas? But nicer. Arkansas's nice. But heaven's much nicer than any place down here. Amen? So we didn't lose them. Thank God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in comforting. I mean, He'll comfort you over your pet cat that died. He will. He'll comfort you when your hair don't look good. He'll comfort you if there's some bills to pay and you don't know where the money is coming from. He is the comforter. Well, that's help, isn't it? Divine help. He is the counselor. Is that help? You don't know what to do. 
And and so many times people bless their hearts. First thing they do is they just want to ask everybody around them, what do you think I ought to do? And look to each other. What do, will you tell me what to do? A lot of times people want to, want to do that too because if it don't work out, they can blame you. Not really. If you got messed up by following somebody's bad advice, it's your fault. You understand that? I don't care who it was, if it was me or whoever it was, gave you some advice and counsel and you followed it and you got messed up, it's your fault. Because you have the counselor on the inside of you and if you look to him, he would help you directly. Directly. Thank God for prophecy and tongues and interpretation and, and, and godly advice and counsel and good friendship. That's all great. But you are not to look to other people to lead you and tell you what to do about everything in life. You have an unction of the Holy One on the inside. That, that's, that's what makes our covenant better. That's why it's so much better than it was even with the disciples and Jesus. If Peter was talking to Jesus and you were John, you had to wait till Peter got through. Huh? Or if Jesus is in the meeting, or if he's sleeping, he was one man at one place at one time, and, and limited by flesh things and environment, the Holy Ghost is inside every one of us. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Amen. You can lay in the bed and get counsel from him. You can drive down the road and get counsel. Same time I'm getting counsel from him somewhere else. It is better. It's Expedient. It's it's profitable. It's more advantageous than even being with Jesus during His earthly walk. Do we believe that? Is that real to us? Then we don't look back and look back longingly and enviously on what they had. We have even better. We got the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of the Master inside us. Personally, that's why he said in that day, talking about this better covenant, they won't say to every man and to his brother, know the Lord. He said, they will all know me from the least to the greatest. What a privilege. What an honor. What a great thing. Said out loud, I have the Holy Spirit inside me. I have the heavenly Counselor, the divine guide, the holy teacher inside me every day and every night. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. Excuse me, I'm, I'm preaching now. Strengthener <laughs> and stand by. I didn't tell you. He strengthens you. Is that help? See, all this is help. Stand by. See, that brings out the meaning of that word we talked about. Called to one side. Standing by. For what? To help you. The problem is so many people just keep him standing by. Indefinitely. And he doesn't help them. Do you know that there are many people that the Holy Ghost helps a lot more than he does others? It's just a fact. There's some people, the Holy Ghost is helping them from early to late. Everything from helping them to cook breakfast and drive to work, dress theirself and make little decisions, big decisions. He's helping them constantly while other people go for months at a time and he doesn't help them with any significance. So why is that? He's no respecter of persons. No, he's not. But some people have learned to look to him. Amen. And learn to lean on him and follow him while others are still doing it in their own strength. So a proverb says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's where he's at. Lean not to your own understanding. See, most of the world is living by their intellect. And by their five physical senses, they make decisions based on everything from reasoning to logic to statistics to hot flash, cold flash to flipping a coin. Isn't that right? People in the world, they don't know. But you and I are not left to such primitive and ineffective methods. We have the helper. 
the Holy Spirit inside us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. Can you say amen? amen. Say that out loud. He leads me. He is guiding me. He is directing me. Teaching me. Bringing to my remembrance. Helping me continuously. You understand that you can't do anything. I mean not a thing. The best way it could be done without his help. And he will help you with natural things. Do you know that? He will help you. Sometimes people just think, well, he'll help you preach or he might help you sing a hymn or, or he might help you pray for the sick. He will help you tie your shoes. He will help you find out why your lawnmower won't crank. The Holy Ghost knows everything about everything. You never met anybody like that. Now, there may be a few people that think they do, try to act like they do, but they don't. But he really does. He knows everything about baking. Hmm? He knows everything about house cleaning. He knows what will get out the bad stain without tearing up the dress. He knows everything about child care and child rearing. He knows everything about automatic transmissions and tractors. He does. But people don't ask him. He's not real to them. I know uh, years ago. It's actually this was the first time I'd ever been to Branson. How long was this? 20 years ago? 18 or something like that? Maybe 18. Some friends of ours, we got the idea we're going to go to Branson. Never been here before. We were in Tulsa. I had a motorcycle that I hadn't ridden in... Five years, I reckon. And uh, these friends said, well, let's ride the motorcycles up. It was on the 4th of July. I said, uh, great, that'll be good. Of course, I hadn't ridden this bike in five years. I'd been busy in the ministry and had been sitting in the garage. So I get this thing out and get ready to go and clean it off and put some gas in it and change the oil. And, and I went to start it and uh, something fried and it wouldn't start. I realize it's an electrical problem. Well, I know a little bit about this stuff, but I'm not an electrical expert on motorcycles. And, and I replaced the fuse and turned it back on. Fuse blew again. Well, I understand something's wrong somewhere. No need in just putting fuses in. And I sat down there and looked at this motorcycle. We're supposed to leave in just an hour or two. And I just sat there and I said, now, Holy Ghost... You know what's wrong with this thing. I don't want to spend three hours trying. I mean, there's wires everywhere on this thing. I mean, this could be anywhere. And uh, I, I don't I don't want to try to look and find out. Uh, help me out with this. You know where this is at? Just like this, a thought came to me. Check the headlight. I didn't hear an audible voice. Just a thought came to me. Check the headlight. So I pull the headlight apart. What do you know? Short there. Taped it up. Just like that, it's done. What if I hadn't asked? I could have started at the taillight. And pulled off covers and pulled out wires. And eight hours later, been looking for a short before I made my way to the headlight. Or, you know what I'm saying? And people do this and waste untold amounts of time and energy and money. And resources because they don't ask him and don't look to him. What the scriptures say, you have not because you ask not. Now one thing you've got to, well let me, I'll tell you this one too while we're talking about it. Uh, some, some ministers we were aware of and under their ministry just a little bit. Uh, she was used a lot in the word of knowledge. And uh, she said they bought this new travel trailer. Brand new because they're going to be traveling on the road and preaching. And uh, the first trip they went out, they got it that day, and they're going to this place, and they got to the campground to hook up, and it was pouring down, raining. And uh, they, the man got out, and they hooked up the stuff, including the electrical, and he went in. I mean, he's getting drenched every time he gets out the door, and he turns on the light, no lights. They went back and checked the connections and checked everything, went back and turned on the lights, no lights. 
He went and got the director for the campground and got him out there and they checked fuse boxes and they checked this and they checked. He went back in. No lights. Well, his wife's sitting out there in the car praying in the Holy Ghost. That's a good thing to do. Dry. And uh, she finally rolled down the window and I think his name was Harry. Wasn't his name Harry? And she said, Harry. And he came over and he was just being drenched. She said, I know this sounds funny, but I, I just keep getting in my spirit light bulbs. Light bulbs. He said, light bulbs? We don't need light bulbs. We need electricity. She said, I, I know it, but that's what I keep getting in my spirit is light bulbs. And he said, well, all right. And he ran back out and he looked in one of the globes. Wasn't a light bulb in the whole trailer. Well, did the Holy Ghost know? Yeah. Why not ask him first? Why not ask him first? Go to him first. Look to him first. Everybody say, look to him first. He cares even about little things. Hmm? Don't think he does not. Ask him, look to him. Now, something you must know. In, in John 14, there, look again. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. Everybody say person. He is not a, just a force or just a power. This is where people miss it and get confused. It's why that he's not real to them. Because they think of the Holy Spirit as some kind of power and usually refer to him as it. It. I had somebody asked me one time, you know, what about that Holy Ghost business? They said, what is it? I know right away they don't know him. Him is not an it. Did you hear me? It. Electricity is it. Him is not an it. But people have that some, well, well, it came on me. Talking about the Holy Spirit. It's all over me. It's all, well, do you mean he is on you? He. Now, Jesus is talking here, and I want you to notice every time we get, we're going to read this again, and every time we get to where Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit with a personal pronoun, actually a masculine personal pronoun, he, him, his, anytime you see those, I want you to say it out loud with me and count them. Are you, are you ready? John 14, 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he, that's referring to the Father, shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He, everybody say he, 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 him, five times. Now go to the 16th chapter. 16 and 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he is come. He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Next verse. He show that we're up to fifteen now. He will glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. All things the Father has are mine, therefore said I that he will take of mine and show it to you. Just in those two short passages, seventeen references. By Jesus 
to the Holy Spirit with the masculine pronoun. He. So it's he. When you talk about the Holy Spirit, refer to him as a he or a him or his. Now the reason I'm spending time on this is because how are you going to get to know an it? Hmm? How are you going to fellowship with an it? Now go to, go back to Romans quickly because there's a question some folk have about this, this passage here. Because in the King James in Romans 8, you see the Holy Spirit referred to with an itself. And let's talk about that just a minute. But I think just from what we've already read, you could see the Holy Spirit's a person talked about Him hearing, Him speaking. Impersonal objects don't hear and speak. Right? Is the Holy Spirit a person? Yes, He is. Now, in, in Romans 8, you'll notice these two, though. Romans 8 and 16 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Itself. And then down in the 26th verse, says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This is a, a matter of the King James translators bringing the word from the Greek to the English itself. The exact same word is translated some 47 times, I think, him and himself. Many more times than that, he and his. The exact same word is found in 1 Peter 2.24. Anybody remember what that says? Who his own body, who, who his own self, excuse me, bear our sins in his own body. His own self is exactly the same word that's here translated itself. So itself is a matter of translation. A lot of your more modern translations doesn't have itself. How many in here doesn't have itself? You've got himself, right? I think that's better. But just understand it like this. I mean, uh, what if I, Dave, walked in the room and I said, well, there it is. Let's pray for it. <laughs> is that appropriate? No, because no, Dave's not an it. He is a person. You're a person. I'm a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is inappropriate to refer to him as it. I know I'm taking time with this, but how are you going to get to know an it? This chair is an it. Can you fellowship with that chair? Huh? You cannot fellowship with the chair. The piano is an it. You can go and hug the piano and go, nice piano, sweet piano. And you can talk to that piano all day. It will not talk back. It will not respond to you. It's an it. The Holy Spirit will respond to you. He will talk to you. He will teach you. He will guide you. He is a divine person. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Say it again. He leads me. And he guides me. He helps me. Night and day. My, my, my. I only brought a page and a quarter. And I'm just down to the quarter of the first page. Go to the book of Acts, please. If we don't get to the other part of it. Y'all plan on coming back next week, aren't you? Good. Go to Acts 8. How many understand we're reading Acts as a church family right now? Right? Everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day. In the New Testament. So all of us are reading the book of Acts. And I think that's the Lord reminded me of that last night. When I was looking at this. And he, he said. Instruct them. To look for references to the Holy Spirit. In this book. 
And not only that, look for how real the Holy Spirit was to them. I mean all through that book. I understand that the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit book. It's called the Acts of the Apostles. That's a title men gave. And I think more appropriately, it's not just Acts of Apostles. There are recorded Acts of lay people, Acts of prophets, Acts of evangelists. I think more appropriately, it'd be the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. It's the Holy Spirit book. But as you're reading through there, you might want to backtrack and, and remind yourself of the chapters you've already read and see all the time they're saying, the Spirit said this, and the Spirit said that, and the Spirit led us to do this, and wouldn't let us do that. He was very, very real to them. Should He be equally as real to us? Aren't we a part of the very same church? We have the very same Spirit. Let's look at a few of them. Acts. 8 and 29. Acts 8 and 29. The scripture says, talking about a Philip, it said, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Did Philip know the Holy Spirit was talking to him? And he understood what he said. Can we hear the Spirit today? Could it be just as real to us as it was to somebody? Say, well, now that that worked for the apostles. They had this. This is not an apostle. This is Philip the evangelist. Amen. And we have the same Holy Spirit. People get upset, you know. And so I think we do need to explain what how we're talking about that He speaks to us. But when you say, well, the the Spirit said to me, a lot of folk will look at you sideways. He thinks he's hearing from God. Actually, I heard a person say one time, all these people always talking about, God told me this, God told me that. That bothers me, they said. This other fellow said, well, I'll tell you what bothers me is these folk who never hear from God. <laughs> and it is true that people pipe up and say, the Lord told me this and told me that, and they didn't hear from the Lord. They just imagined it and made it up in their mind. But can Christians, can sons of God be led by the Spirit of God? Could they hear from the Holy Ghost in these days? Can we? Didn't say he heard an audible voice. See, people try to make things into something that they're not. Didn't say he heard an audible voice. But it said, the Spirit said to him, and he heard it, and he did it. And a nation was affected. This man was an official in in a foreign nation and came and got saved. And you know he took that back to his nation. Pays to hear from God. Go to another place in uh, 10th chapter. 10. Let's just look at a couple of these. Acts 10. 19. What I'm talking about is how real the Holy Spirit was to these people. And how real he can be to us. In the 10th chapter and the 19th verse. 10, 19. Peter was up on the housetop, you remember, praying and saw this vision. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get you down and go with them doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Who sent them? Holy Spirit sent him and then told Peter that he sent him. Was that plain to Peter? Didn't say he heard an audible voice. Now, don't, this is where people mess up. They try to make everything spectacular. And the supernatural things of God are not always spectacular. In fact, they can be so normal seeming to you that you'll ignore them. So many times direction and word of knowledge comes just like a thought. Just like a thought to you. But where did it come from? You wouldn't have known that. How did you know that? Well, he knows everything. And Peter was sitting up there trying to figure out, what does this mean? And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Everybody say, the Spirit spoke to him. And he understood it, didn't he? It was real to him. The Spirit said, there's three men downstairs, and they're looking for you, and I want you to go with them, because I'm the one who sent them. So he did. 
I know a few years ago, some people were talking to us about some personal investments. And a lot of folk were really getting excited about it. And even some other ministers were pumping a bunch of money into it. And it looked like a good deal. And we were excited about it. And uh, the day before we were supposed to meet with these people, I was asking the Lord. How many know it's smart to ask the Lord? Don't just go by what something looks like or by what somebody else is doing. I, I, I asked the Lord. Phyllis did too in her own prayer time. I said, uh, I said, Lord, what about this? And this is what he said to me. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but he said, uh, if I had sent them, I would let you know. Hello. He said, I haven't said anything to you about them, so you have no reason to trust them. I thought, well, that settles that. <laughs> and we met them the next day and we didn't, we didn't do anything. We said, well, no, you know, sorry. And, um, we didn't put any money into it. Turned out it was a great big scam. People lost money. We didn't. And it wasn't because we were so smart, because we were ready to do it. We were primed and ready, trying to put the money together. Make an investment, you know. And uh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, thank God. But see, people don't ask. And then if they do, they don't know how to hear. They don't listen. And and Christians are thought to be easy targets by con artists. You understand that? Because we're taught to give. Right? And we're taught to believe that incredible things can happen. So we're quick to believe. And that's what the Lord said to me. Because I asked him, I said, well, Lord, I mean, all these other folk are jumping in there too. And... and, uh, he ministered, I don't mean I heard anything, but I just knew this inside me, that, yeah, we train ourselves every day. Don't walk by sight. Trust. Just trust. Believe. We're believers. But that's not just believing in people. That's believing in God. Amen? And you are not to trust people blindly. Did you hear me? Well, how do I know whether to trust people or not? He will tell you. And it's what he's telling me. He said, I didn't say anything to you. See, he told Peter, I sent them. Didn't he? I sent them. They're from me. Go with them. And he said, I didn't tell you anything about these people. I didn't tell you I sent them. He said, you have no reason to trust them. So you don't. Doesn't mean you don't love them. How many of you can love somebody and not trust them? (laughs) We love them. That don't mean we're going in business with them. Right? Yeah, but they got fish signs on their card, right? Like I said. Yeah, but they're a Christian organization, like I said. <laughs> we love them. That doesn't mean you have reason to trust them. How many know what we're talking about here? But it was real to Peter that the Holy Spirit was talking to him, wasn't it? Can it be just that real to you? Go to one more. What is this? Let's see. Uh, 16. That's where I want you to go. 16. There are many of these, and I'm encouraging you this next week while you're reading your chapters in Acts, look for these. Look for how real the Holy Spirit was to these people. Acts 16. Verse 5. Acts 16, 5. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia... After they were come to Mysia, they assayed, attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Isn't that interesting? This is Paul and his company. They're making their ministry plans. They're making their plans where they're going to have their meetings and where they're going to do this. And they're all geared up to go um, to certain parts of Asia and said the Holy Ghost said no. Forbid them. So I say, yeah, but I thought we were supposed to go in all the world and preach the gospel. We are. You're not. You know what I mean by that? We, the whole body of Christ, are to go into all the world. That doesn't mean you're supposed to go everywhere. There's a lot of folk not ready for you. Amen. <laughs> or me. But the Lord knows who is. 
who will receive us, who we can be used to help. You and I are not supposed to go to, we can't go everywhere. We can't do everything, but there's a place. And there's a situation where we're effective. Where God can use us. Who knows that? The Holy Spirit knows that. Will he tell you? Will he help you? Yeah, they started to go to another place. And the Holy Ghost said, "Uh uh-uh, no. Suffered them not. Forbid them and suffered them not. Well, how did he do that? We're going to talk about how he did that. Before it's over with. But don't assume they're hearing audible voices. Don't assume they're always seeing something or feeling something. The Bible describes how he leads us in detail. But can you have this kind of leading in your life? Where you start to do something and the Holy Ghost checks you in such a way that you go, "Uh uh-uh, no, don't do that. Can you have that kind of reality in your life? Or you you look to know what to do and he causes you to know and you go, yep, yep, I I got the witness, I got the direction, this is what to do. Amen. That's why we're in Branson. There was no other reason except we had to witness. The Holy Ghost got a hold of us. Amen. I remember the first service we had. Some of you might have been with us. And we stood up and, and, and I said, you know, people have asked, what are you doing here in Branson? Why are you here? And I said, well, I don't really know. Except the Holy Ghost led us to come here. And a bunch of the folks said, we know. We've been praying. Yeah. Yeah. I said, all right. <laughs> Must have. Oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the wonderful, wonderful, Holy Spirit. Go back to John in closing. I've taken you into the first step of being more sensitive to him and being better led. And that is understanding that he can be real to you. Understanding he is a divine, knowable person. You can get to know him just like you know uh, a human being. Amen. And you can hear from him just like you hear from a human being. You can receive counsel from him, direction from him, just like a human being. Only his direction is infallible. His counsel cannot fail. In John 14, are you looking? John 14 Jesus said, John fourteen sixteen, I will pray, I will ask and request of the Father, and He, the Father, shall give you another comforter. That word another means one of the same kind. Amen. Same kind of comforter as Jesus was to the disciples. Another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is with us forever. He didn't go and come. He is with us through the end of this life and into the next life and forever. Man, you feel sorry for the world that don't have him. Oh, I, you know, I've lived this way and Phyllis and I have lived this way and our ministries lived this way for years and years now. I wouldn't know any other way to live. I get up in the morning checking with him. Huh? Do we fly? Do we not fly? We go north? We go south. We send it now? Do we wait? We buy it now or not? We get it from them or from them? What do we do? I acknowledged a long time ago, Keith ain't smart enough to run this ministry. He's got to have help. And thank God Keith has help. Amen. Amen. In the person of the divine Holy Spirit. And if you'll look to him all day long, he will help you all day long. You know, you ain't got to roll your eyes back in your head and scream in tongues at the top of your voice. You ain't got to shake and act goofy. Just check your heart. You can be talking to somebody about a business deal. And while you're doing it, checking your heart. Checking your heart. Yeah, you use your head, but you don't follow your head. Did you hear me? Yeah, find out what you can. Use your head, but in the final analysis, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust what you get in here. And I'm going to do the best I know, friends. I'm going to stay on this. I'm going to believe God for utterance. And we're going to learn how. Amen. Amen. We're going to recognize 
the leading of the Spirit, the witness of the Spirit, how to follow. And I'll just tell you right now, now you won't learn all about this overnight or in a year. But if you'll set your heart to it right now, and you begin, and you, you'll make some mistakes. And that's part of your learning process too. And you'll have to realize that this is one thing you gotta have is some humility to admit it. Well, I thought that was the Lord, but it wasn't. Be, be humble enough to admit it. Admit that you missed it. I had a guy tell me the other day, came to me and said, you're supposed to go to such and such and you're supposed to preach to so and so. I said, yeah, and then you could miss it too, couldn't you? He said, well, I said, could you? Because he was, he was missing it. I've missed it. Did you hear me? And if you want to grow, you can't wear your feelings on your sleeve. I want you to learn how to hear from God. I want you to be led of God. I'm not the only one can be used in this church. I know that. But you got to be willing to admit it if you made a mistake too. Amen. I am uh, and Phyllis and I under the Lord are the leaders, the under shepherds here. And it's our job to call and say, this is good. This is not. This was God. This was not. I could make a mistake in it too. But it's our, it falls our lot. You understand to do that. And if I tell you, you start to step out on something, I tell you, oh, no, no, I don't think that's right. Don't get mad. Don't leave the church. Just say, I'm learning. And I'll say, me too. Amen. Amen. And I wouldn't have known what I know now if I hadn't have made some mistakes myself 20 years ago and 10 years ago and probably last week. You know what? understand what I'm talking about. But see, people get huffy and go, where are you going to judge my prophecy? Absolutely, we're going to judge it. We're going to judge it by the Word of God. We're going to judge it by the Spirit of God inside us. Amen? And we may all go, no, that wasn't God. <laughs> but we love you, brother. Amen. Stay with it. Amen. <laughs> You'll get it right. Amen? Amen? But see, people, get, they get huffy about this, don't they? Well, you're going to tell me I didn't hear from God? Hey, you're not the only one who has the Holy Ghost. We all have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Other people can hear from God besides you and besides me. So can we learn and grow? Are you willing to make a mistake and admit it? Yeah. Well, then you'll grow. You'll learn. He went on to say, he said, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Why? Get this. This is what we're ending up on. Why does, why does the world don't know him? Why does the world not ministering by the Spirit or having the help of the Spirit because they don't see Him. They, they see Him. That word means perceive. They are not aware of Him. Neither knoweth Him. Did you get these two things? This would include carnal Christians. Why do the unsaved, why do carnal Christians not have the help of the Spirit? They don't see Him. They don't recognize Him. They're not aware of Him. They don't know Him. So this is our first step. Are you with me now? Yeah. We're going to perceive Him. We're going to be aware of Him. Amen? Amen. And in the process of time, we're going to get to know Him. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know Him better than I did 10 years ago. Yeah. I know Him better than I did 30 years ago. Yeah. I'm going to know Him better next year than I do now. Yeah. Amen? But in the meantime, I'm learning and he's saving me from all kind of mistakes. Just in this year and a half, if I had time to tell you and was free to tell you how much he has saved this church. Problems and loss just by the Holy Ghost helping us. We didn't know, but he just let us do this. Stop this. Start this. Don't let this happen. Do this. We didn't even know why. Some other folk didn't understand why. But even looking back now, a year and a half, he saved us problems. He saved us lost. I believe he's going to continue to do that. Don't you? Stand up on your feet. Let's lift up your hand and thank God for the Holy Spirit who's alive inside of you, who's leading you, who's guiding you, helping you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Close your eyes. Let me lead you in this prayer. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father. For the Holy Spirit. Thank you for hearing my prayer in the beginning of the service. And I thank you in advance that you are making me more aware 
of him and revealing him to me so that I know you, I know him in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.